Good evening. Those of you who uh, may not have visited St. Joseph Church before, welcome, and uh, of course you're always welcome to return. My name is Father Aaron Williams. I'm the parochial vicar, the assistant priest here at St. Joseph. Our pastor, Father Bill Henry, uh, is joining us tonight, and also uh, Father Tom Mullally, who is uh, the pastor at Sacred Heart uh, down the street from us. Um, so we're very thankful for uh, your presence with us tonight, Father Tom, and your support of the school. When I was a student at St. Joe in Madison, the other St. Joe, I served for the baccalaureate mass every year. And because of that, I'm pretty sure I can recite much of Bishop Latino's homily from memory, because it was the same every year, or at least it was mostly the same. The focus of his homily was thankfulness, and that seems appropriate. The mass we offer tonight is a votive mass in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, surely, for all of you, and for your parents, your teachers, for our school. Thanksgiving for your education, for your graduation, and certainly I would encourage all of you tonight to be thankful for all those things. However, there's one thing that I know about young people, and surely parents know this as well, it's that you cannot force thankfulness. Some of you may be thankful tonight for your education for the sacrifices your parents have made so that you can have that education. And some of you may not. And there's nothing I can say to change that. All I can say is that one day, a day will come, hopefully in God's time, when you will find yourself thankful for something that you've experienced these past few years at St. Joe. So while we are thankful for you, and we're here tonight ultimately to express that thanks to Almighty God, I want to go in a different direction with this homily. I want to return to something that I talked to you about in the fall during your senior retreat, and that is friendship. Now, why friendship? Partly because it plays a big role in the gospel tonight, but partly because as all of you now prepare to leave this school, and for most of you to leave this city, even the state, your friendships are going to become more important than ever. Christ the Lord, in tonight's gospel, intentionally frames his relationship with the apostles in terms of friendship. He says, I no longer call you slaves, because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends. Now this line comes at a very decisive point in the gospel. The setting is the night of the Last Supper. By this point, Judas has already left the apostles to go off and betray Christ. Our Lord is revealing to his apostles that he is about to go away from them as well, and that they will no longer see him. You can get a sense for the mood if you think of uh, this being late at night. It's a small room. You have a close group of men who have been traveling together for three years. Everything seems to be working out for them. And now their leader gives them the awful news that this whole band of brothers is coming to a very quick end. Tonight is the last night. And tomorrow, everything is going to change. And so he talks to them about his sacrifice and about what love means. And then, when everyone is already feeling pretty down and the room is quiet, Christ leans in and he says, I've told you all of this because you are my friends. So why does he say that? St. Thomas Aquinas, who is the patron of students, considers this very passage and he says, it is written, I will no longer call you servants, but my friends. Now this was said to them by reason nothing else than love. 
Therefore, love is friendship. For St. Thomas, friendship is the fullest expression of love in this life. Marriage, for example, for Thomas, is just a subdivision of friendship. St. Thomas demands that friendship is a necessity for true happiness. For the happy man needs friends. So if our Lord is wishing true joy upon the apostles, which he's doing in this same night, the way that they will have that happiness is by entering into friendship with him. Now St. Thomas goes on to explain that because of this, it's necessary for every Christian, if they are to become friends of God, to likewise form friendships with one another, and not simply any friendship. Thomas pulls from many different writers before him and proposes three types of friendship. The first type is what he calls carnal or pleasant friendships. These are the friendships that are established on the grounds of something that's mutually enjoyable to both parties. They're usually found among young people. A young person becomes friends with a classmate because they enjoy to play a sport together or to go hunting or to do some hobby. When there's no longer grounds for them to enjoy this activity, the relationship probably falls away. And you'll find that with your classmates. Many of you who have enjoyed spending time together will find that through the natural course of life, you will no longer be that close when you leave St. Joe. You won't be on the team together anymore, or you'll study together, or whatever it is. And it may seem sad at first, but it is a part of life. These sorts of friendships can be good, but they come and they go. The second type of friendship is what he calls worldly or useful friendships. And these are founded on a mutual advantage towards one another. Thomas explains that these are more common for older people who need someone to assist them. They can be friends with their co-workers or their caretakers because the relationship is helpful to them and is even more helpful when it is pleasant. But similar to the previous category, these relationships will also come and go. And then there is this final category, which he calls true or virtuous friendships. These are relationships founded on a mutual desire for the good of one another. True friends are willing to undergo hard circumstances or to forego good things for the sake of the other, even things they wouldn't normally do for themselves. As the friendship strengthens, so does the quality of the friend. For Christians, these relationships are bound even more by mutual prayer for one another and by assisting each other in growing closer to the Lord. And for this reason, they are not bound to any particular place or circumstance. The foundation of these relationships is love, the love that Christ wished upon his apostles. And because they are not bound to any place or circumstance, they are enduring. They can endure long distances or terrible situations. In fact, many of them flourish in the worst of circumstances when the other person is in greatest need. And speaking of these sorts of friendships, C.S. Lewis writes, It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which gives value to survival. Life has no better gift to give, because who could have deserved it? So if Christ the Lord is announcing his bodily departure from the apostles, but wishes to likewise assure them of his love and his presence with them forever, the best way to do that is to frame his love in this sort of love, the love of true friendship, which is enduring through every struggle, has no limits, and bears fruit in this life and in the next. So why do I bring this up tonight? Well, because as you leave the comfort of our school and your parents' homes, 
you are entering into a world with all sorts of circumstances and events. And there certainly should be excitement at this. But there's probably also nerves, even if you don't want to admit them. You're going to meet a lot of people, and probably you're going to make one or two very sorry choices in your relationships. You can use this as a litmus test going forward. What are you seeking in your relationships? What is the other seeking from you? I've told you before, and I'm going to say it again, there have been no greater blessing in my life than my friends. If you make good friends, you will have a blessed life. For as St. Thomas says, the happy man needs friends. The world is going to offer you all sorts of things with the promise of happiness, and you will probably make bad decisions along the way. But this is my recommendation for you. Invest yourselves in making good friends, and things are going to work out for you in the end. And I don't just mean at the end of your college career. The message that Christ gives his apostles in the gospel tonight is given to you as well, to all of us. I have called you friends. Our Lord wants true friendship with you. But like our own friendships with one another, friendship with God is not possible unless we put in the effort ourselves. Love would not be love, but would not be friendship if it did not proceed from man as an act of his will and his reason. If love is friendship, then an essential part of that is that it is mutual. But by communicating himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ, God has taken the first step and allowing us to have a mutual love with him. Before Christ, there was this infinite gap between us and God, and there still is. But Christ is the bridge. He makes himself lovable to us by becoming one of us. So friendship with God is truly possible in Jesus Christ. And like Peter and James and John, all of us are far more capable of building this true friendship with Christ when we surround ourselves with true Christian friendships. For as we grow closer in love of one another, it is impossible that we would not become closer to God in the process. He is our highest good, our greatest happiness, and the happy man needs friends. Jesus said to his apostles, I no longer call you slaves, because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends. Alleluia. Christ is risen.